everyone. This is Dogs Must Die, but it's probably not the episode you were expecting. Uh, remember two episodes back when we said we were taking a one-week break and then didn't? Uh, some scheduled uploads went up a little bit early, so this week we are actually taking that break as promised. Uh, so to thank you for your patience in the interruption, I've gone back and put together a sort of clip show of some of my favorite moments back from Phantom Blood. So please enjoy, and maybe think of it as a belated kind of oddly placed anniversary celebration. Here you go. Mrs. Dario there's like, you know, saying like, oh my god, this baby's still alive. And Dario just goes, ah, fuck it, it'll be dead soon. <laughs> I want this ring. When's the last time a baby picks someone out of a lineup, okay? Like, we, we're fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. He, he tells this girl whose name is Arena that, you know, he, he doesn't know her. He just leapt in to protect, you know, protect her honor and stuff. But... When she tries to thank him, he goes like, fuck you. I don't need fuck your you. thanks. I don't. I do not care <laughs> about you. In reality, you are merely a vessel for me to prove that I am a gentleman. <laughs> that is why I came to your rescue, because this is what I am supposed to do, not because I care about you. It's, I love that part. Oh, my God. I did not take a beating just now for your sake. It was to prove my honor as a gentleman or whatever. So it'd be great if you could tell everybody that I'm a gentleman, but, yeah. like, you don't really matter in this situation. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could talk about anything as much as Dio loves to talk about how evil he is. <laughs> he like, could go on for hours about it, how just a cool fucking evil guy I am. Yeah, like, the, the way Dio monologues about this stuff gives me the impression that he wasn't formed into this awful evil person by his abusive dad i think he was straight up born this evil <laughs> and it was just augmented by how shitty of a dad he had mm-hmm. um, he seems to like his mom his okay, dead yeah. mom yeah he's he does seem to have some reverence for his dead mom uh who apparently dario just like drove into the grave apparently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she leapt out eight feet <laughs> <laughs> that's just how you get out of a carriage in this it world is. that's the way it works it is yeah I, I love, like, the, the Joe Star Estate, like, butler, you know, putting that box and lighting the fire, just sitting there lighting a smoke, and then hearing, you know, scratching and scuffling from inside, and for, like, 20 long seconds just going, oh, no, there must be something in there. What could it be? Uh-oh! And doing, <laughs> and doing nothing about it. And then it's just, bam, a hard cut to, there's a, a little doggy grave in the yard. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Jonathan. Danny's dead. He got thrown in the incinerator. We think it might have been a burglar. <laughs> Jojo, li- little Johnny boy, there is a gun somewhere on this estate, okay? <laughs> y- y'all do fox hunts, right? Come on. He was a hunting dog. There, It, it was an accident. Come on. I, I thought Dio was a quail. Come on, Dan. Yeah. You're an idiot. You'll accept that. Yeah. Because when I started watching this several years ago, all I knew were like the one or two things people don't shut up about. So when mm-hmm. the first episode starts and it is the late eighteen hundreds, and it's just fancy boys being angry. At yeah, each it's, other. it's just fancy lad quarrels over the family estate. <laughs> uh, I was like very confused where this like that it started like that. I actually kind of love that it starts this way now. Um, mm-hmm. And I also love that if you took the stone mask out of this first episode, there would be no hint that this would become like a shonen battle show. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it was just like a drama almost. 
Setting the stage, uh, we, we've gone from preteens to, to burly young men. Start with the, the narrator talking about the Whitechapel murders. And so yep. your first thought is, oh, Dio grows up to be Jack the Ripper. Yes. No, no, no. The point of this is that Dio is more evil than Jack the Ripper, an entirely separate man. God, yeah, that, that, the, the, you know, just saying, oh, Jack, you know, for how terrible Jack the Ripper is, the feud between Jojo and Dio would unleash something far worse upon the world. What the fuck could that be? This is Jack the Ripper. What? <laughs> the idea is carrying a tray with some water and George's uh, medicine on it. He's been doing that in place of the butler because the butler's getting old and it hurts to go up the stairs. Mm -hmm. um, After 40 years of burning dogs for your father... <laughs> My legs just don't have it in him. Oh, man. A cat jumps out of the snow at the end of this alley, and it's carrying a dead puppy that it's eating yes! in its mouth. Yes! And, and, and Jojo... This is, this is the turning point. This is the yeah. dog violence that is yeah. that, that turns what the show has been into, like you were saying, the, the, the show it has the, the uh, reputation of being. This, this is the threshold dog yes. violence. Yes. Uh a shorthand for villainy that comes up a lot throughout the many parts of JoJo is evil things killing dogs for no reason. <laughs> Not even like, hey, this dog's in my way. I will kill it. No, it's just <laughs> the dogs it's just get killed, man. Before this dog dies, it is a historical drama where everyone's acting really extra. Yes. But after this <laughs> dog dies... <laughs> It's a supernatural fight boy show with with colorful costumes, people doing weird fights. We, we're about to meet a man with a knife hat. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's about to get real shonen anime up in here. And while some might say that the threshold is entering Ogre Alley itself, I say no. It's when that cat ate a puppy. God. Here, here's an example from like a much much later part of jojo and it's not even a spoiler there is something in a later part called dirty deeds done dirt cheap mm -hmm. it's new name so they don't get sued is filthy acts done at a reasonable price <laughs> <laughs> which is the name of my only fans <laughs> so um uh, uh, dio gets thrown 40 feet <laughs> And yeah. in his internal monologue, he's so proud that he calls that a glancing blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Dio is like fake crying. He's making, you know, he's turned the waterworks on. And just. But that's as... not going to work. Because yeah. JoJo's got backup. Ario Speedwagon is here <laughs> to demonstrate that he's such a fine judge of character. Yes. And he does this by giving his life story for some reason. <laughs> You can just say he's lying. I don't need your bona fides. Oh, the name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Yeah, I love that this criminal is somehow like an incredible judge of character. He's um, a walking lie detector, this guy. Yeah. And while he's like talking about how Dio's like a filthy liar and he's seen his type before, he kicks mm -hmm. a candle at Dio mm -hmm. for no real reason. Also, he emphasizes the fact that babies can be evil. That is a thing that is true. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that part. He does do that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's been evil since he drew his first breath, I think is what he said. Babies can be evil. <laughs> Those babies can totally be, be evil. So so the cops move in, uh, and then Dio hatches the perfect plan. It seems that you cannot arrest a vampire. <laughs> he masks himself uh, and, and then plays dead for a while as, as the, the uh, uh, foul transformation takes hold. Yeah, he, uh, he goes to stab Jojo. 
and George Joestar gets in the way and gets stabbed in the back. But that that blood, he uses George Joestar's blood on the mask. He uh, just gets fucking loaded up with bullets. All the cops just <laughs> unload their 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 clips into him, uh, and he gets shot so hard he goes flying out a window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now it's time for a flashback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dio tells us that the the power of the mask is to unlock the brain sin potential. Yes. I did not know that the brain sin potential was vampirism. Good to know. <laughs> Maybe it's just one form of it. I don't know. Maybe there's different <laughs> buttons you can push in the brain to do, get other things out of it. But not many people know this. But the limitless pill makes vampires. <laughs> oh man! You know that Scarlett Johansson movie, Vampires. Oh shit! Yeah. He's also got like a he's got a real uh, saunter up the wall. He's got one hand in a pocket and he's doing like a big shoulder sway like he's walking on the catwalk <laughs> while he's going up that wall. It's good. Maybe this is the moment where Jojo becomes Jojo. <laughs> it might be actually. Yeah, eh, it still might be when the cat eats a puppy. It still might be that. I don't know. It could be the knife hat. I don't know. There's so many parts. It's like that's where Jojo starts. No, that's where. Jo- but. Just wanted to correct myself while I edit. The story I was thinking of was a, a comic called Incarnate, written by Nick Simmons, the son of Gene Simmons, and he was caught plagiarizing uh, a number of titles, uh, particularly Bleach and Helsing. Again, I wanted to correct the mistake I made, implying that Gene Simmons was a musician. Uh, back, back to the episode. Well, we already said... Uh, in the previous episode, like, oh, here, this is where it becomes JoJo. No, this is where it becomes JoJo. No, episode four is where it becomes JoJo. <laughs> it's already been established that, established that Jonathan is fucking huge, but for some reason, this scene in particular, where he, 90% his percent eyes look like a motorcycle gas tank. <laughs> yeah, like 90% of his body is in bandages, and for some reason, that makes it just makes him look even huger. It is hilarious, the shot of him on the bed and his teeny tiny normal man-sized head and his gargantuan <laughs> body. Like, his neck is so thick. His neck and is his wider bandages, than his head. his bandages that are vacuum-formed, they are tucked into <laughs> the crevices of his abs. <laughs> He's just so buff. If he flexes, it just gets, it just gets sucked in to all the crevices He's there. He's so buff! <laughs> what did he eat? Is there, <laughs> did they have growth hormone in that stuff? Like, what happened to him? He goes to demonstrate it once more by uh, stepping into a little pond nearby, mm-hmm. and he takes a deep breath while standing in front of this rock that a little frog is sitting on, while Jojo remarks, what type of mischief is he up to with that frog? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what he... you doing with that frog, bro? <laughs> what you doing with that frog? And uh, Zeppeli... We gotta rename the show Frog Mischief. <laughs> frog Mischief. Zeppeli comes down on this frog with a, a powerful karate chop, uh, and while he's doing this... <laughs> <laughs> While he's in the middle of doing this, Jojo remarks, he, he's looking at the water that Zeppeli is standing in and noticing that from his ankles out, there's tons of like glowing ripples uh, mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. out into the water. And Zeppeli uh, karate chops this frog in slow motion. An incredibly calm frog to just allow this. This frog is super chill. Yeah, the frog is completely unaware. He In slow motion, you're seeing him getting the full impact of this karate chop. But then all of a sudden, the rock beneath the frog splits in half. And the frog's fine, and he just goes on his way. No frogs were harmed in the making of this magic system. Yeah. Now, dogs can't guarantee that. <laughs> Do not know. Uh, anyway, his bow tie is overwhelmed by his mighty neck. <laughs> it's such a tiny why little bow tie. He, why is he wearing a bow tie? Because he's dressed like a couture newsboy? 
I love JoJo's outfit for this part of the I show. I love his little, like, <laughs> comma embroidery on, on his uh, uh, yeah. lapels. Yep. I'm wondering if JoJo picked that out thinking, like, ah, this is my best fancy lad combat outfit. Or, like, what was the thought <laughs> behind this choice? No, it's a disguise. Dio will never recognize him dressed like that. <laughs> <laughs> the bow tie's so good because the bow tie... At, is comical because it is overwhelmed by the neck. But if it was any larger, it would be comical in its own right. There is no way that this bow tie is not funny. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious what your reaction was to watching the immediate next thing that, that happens in this part. This is the first time that <laughs> a, a, Elena had to ask, what the hell are you watching? When she overheard my reaction. <laughs> I like, wish I'm I watching oh, with man. headphones. I made some sort of noise, and she's like, "What? What is? What are you doing? Oh, what is that?" I wish I could have been there for this. I was waiting <laughs> because for this. what happens? What happens is that Jack the Ripper demonstrates no one on Earth has a greater commitment to the idea of surprise than he. <laughs> he has climbed inside the torso of one of these decapitated horses through the the neck. <laughs> And pops out like, surprise, it's me! <laughs> Somehow the horse has remained standing through the entire ordeal. That, I, wow. I love, so yeah, he, he erupts from the horse's neck. Somehow <laughs> completely from the neck stump of the horse. When he leaps out, he's brandishing two knives. Or three? Mm -hmm. I think he might be holding one in his mouth, too. There's no point in counting the knives this guy has, it's, as we will see yeah, shortly. it's true. Yeah, he leaps out, but this isn't, he doesn't even do like a surprise attack. It was just like, look at this cool trick I can do. Because <laughs> once he erupts from the horse, he just lands there and like introduces himself as Jack the Ripper, basically. <laughs> He's the most undercover guy in the world. And then he gets bored for like a second. <laughs> like, nah, I'm not just going to pop out. Yeah, he just couldn't contain his excitement. Actually, there is a bit before he erupts from the horse where just his head is peeking out from the neck of the horse. <laughs> it's so good. I thought he was standing behind the horse, but no. Yeah, that's something that's a little easier to make out when it's not the Netflix version, because, yeah, they censored the, the horse's He's next He's made himself into a horse duckin'. Oh, my God. This man has become a minion of Dio, yeah. which makes me wonder, what if the minions followed Dio? Ooh. I don't know. I... Actually, you know what? I'm Because, like I've said before, you can spoil some things from JoJo, and it's just like, I don't believe you. There's basically minions in a later part of JoJo. <laughs> Very close to minions, actually. They're yellow, they're tiny, they're wacky. Like, What if instead <laughs> of the, the like poison seller pushing him around, it was a little yellow dude in overall? <laughs> <laughs> it could work. Dio sucks the blood and, and zombifies Jack the Ripper, and then you hear, papaya. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? It could work. They follow the most evil person on Earth. <laughs> and if that's not Dio, I don't know who is. Yeah. Speedwagon is just for judging people's characters. And usually, I feel <laughs> when he's judging somebody's character, it's just like, wow, that guy seems fucked up. I wouldn't hang out with him if I were me, which I am. <laughs> you could replace Speedwagon with a cootie catcher. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Now, imagine you're a human trebuchet pickpocket. <laughs> Whoa, what what's that man doing? Was that? Yeah, what, what was, was that, that noise? <laughs> what was that? Are you okay? Are you okay, dear? What happened? Do you need help? No. Okay. <laughs> a, a metal shelf came up. I don't know which metal shelf came oh, no. apart. Uh, but apparently it's fine, and my assistance is not required. <laughs> okay. 
oh, that's a scary noise. Yeah, I, I heard don't that like briefly, that. and I was just like, ooh, that was not a good noise. So as I was saying, imagine you are a human trebuchet-based pickpocket. <laughs> yeah. And you are certain you are the strangest person in town. <laughs> Who could possibly <laughs> a- approach that? <laughs> and then a very fancy man starts going, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Chasing you across the surface of a pond. <laughs> this this moment is when a speed wagon becomes what I like to call tall Krillin. <laughs> yeah, he is yeah. very much Krillin at this point. <laughs> the only thing he's got up on Krillin is that he's still got a nose. I, I mean, his hat is even kind of a destructo disc sort of thing. Yes, yeah. Remember, <laughs> he's, his, he's tall Krillin. Wow. Remember when Speedwagon had a, had a knife hat? What happened to that <laughs> knife hat? Right. And this is where Speedwagon becomes useful because yeah. uh, uh, he, he reminds the Baron that he has the hottest abs in all of Old Blighty. <laughs> I, yeah, he's telling Zeppeli, like, hey, I've heard that, like, in the Arctic, they have treated frostbite and, and stuff uh, by cutting open, like, the, the stomach of a seal or whatever and sticking your, your arm in, like, the, the, the fat mm-hmm. to keep it warm. He doesn't do this himself. He just has really hot abs. <laughs> they're glowing red. They, they're, they're so hot. They are straight up in the show, sizzling. <laughs> and and so he just grabs Zeppeli's arm and just presses it up against his bare abs. And you can hear it sizzling like they're fucking cooking an egg on it. You and, know what that makes? Grilled hamon. Ah, <laughs> yum. Uh, and I love that, like, while he, you know, you know Zeppeli is, is telling Speedwagon, like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like, like he's sacrificing something. He's not. He's just pressing his arm against his sizzling hot abs. And and also, Speedwagon is acting like this is extremely difficult because he's like grimacing. He's like he's got sweat running down his face. Like, what <laughs> and, is he and doing? And I was wondering. I was wondering if this was another like broadcast version censorship thing. Like, did did uh, Speedwagon cut open his abdominal wall? No, and then take a fist literally to the guts. Absolutely not. Even in the manga, <laughs> he's just got smoking hot abs. Uh, a random low-rank zombie j- leaps out at Jodo to bite him, and Blueford zips into frame, going like, hey, th- this is our fucking fight. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and with a single finger, swipes at the zombie's face and tears his nose off, and we get a cut of, like, the whooshing anime lines background, like, really fast, and it's just mm-hmm. this zombie's nose on Blueford's finger, and it goes sniff-sniff. <laughs> <laughs> it's very gross and very silly. <laughs> That's in the manga too. And like well, I remember reading it before watching the show and just going like what the fuck was that? Why was why was that even drawn? Why do we have to see the zombies cut off nose go sniff sniff? <laughs> What's it smelling? <laughs> what was happening? Is someone baking one of these many breads we, we've discussed? <laughs> So Jojo does the uh, uh, surprising thing. Instead of swimming up, he swims down. Jo- <laughs> Jonathan Joestar would destroy the Gamjabar. <laughs> he would put his head in the pain box. Take that, Reverend Gaius Mohaim. <laughs> Fuck your tests. But he does say, if this were brick, I could punch clean through this. But all surrounding the door is brick! It's all brick! <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Just punch anything around the door. I don't know. <laughs> Poco is a kid who's been bullied frequently. Uh, and after the bullies leave, his sister comes and, and gives him a fucking slap across the face. Yeah. Basically telling him, like, fucking man up, dude. Like, come on. Fight. Grow a pair, kid. <laughs> yeah. What are you, chicken? What, you're going to cry? You're going to cry to your big <laughs> sister? Fuck you. Yeah, like, fucking man up. Like, stand up to these dudes. <laughs> And remembering that slap from his sister gives him the courage to help out in this situation. 
Um, but Poco gets inside, and Tarukas immediately spots the very small child that's the size of one of his toes, um, yeah. and goes to kick the shit out of this kid. But slams him hard against the wall. Like yeah. this kid should be dead. The only reason why Poco didn't die because again it was a glancing blow. Uh, <laughs> only because Jojo. Seeing Poco come in, yanks really hard in the chain that connects him and Tarukas and is able to pull Tarukas back enough that he only is able to slightly kick this child and send him careening 60 feet in the opposite direction. <laughs> so, so then when we see Poco, he, he's crawled away from the wall toward this lever. There's a smudge on the wall and, and a trail of something leading up to Poco. And I don't know if that's the child's blood or urine. <laughs> and there is no good answer to this question. No, there really isn't. Yeah, Tarukas and Blueford, their fights are definitely the big part of figuring out, like, what the fuck does Hamon do? Mm -hmm. It's like life slash sun electricity, kind of, slash magnet, <laughs> life magnet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's life magnet electricity from the sun that you breathe in your blood. <laughs> simple. It's so simple. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he brings up that he left a wife and child behind to and pursue. that he never regretted it. Yeah, and he was just like, despite that, I don't regret doing this. <laughs> <laughs> You're my real son, special hero boy. Yeah. I, I did tell my wife to fuck right off, and I'm proud. <laughs> Tom Petty never told me that my son was a lion. Now you, on the <laughs> other hand. Uh, every time that uh, someone cares for Jojo, they die and he absorbs their spirit. So yes. if I'm Ario Speedwagon right now, I'm looking left, I'm looking right, and I'm hoping Poco is next because I got to <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Man, if Speedwagon died, I don't think Jojo would inherit much from him, really. <laughs> he'd, he'd get a hat. He'd get a hat. But Dyer leaps up into the air at Jojo and goes in for like a, a double kick. Uh, mm -hmm. But Jojo remarks, wow, this is a really slow kick. <laughs> like, like Dyer physically just travels through the air very slowly while doing this kick. And again, how can we as the viewer tell without that? Because we're always just adding yeah. pages of, of spoken word. Yeah. Uh, it basically slam poetry in the middle of every kick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but no, Dyer, when he, he connects with Jojo's block, instead does the splits <laughs> yeah. to, to open him up wide. <laughs> Yeah, and and while still frozen in the doing the splits in the air, Dyer leans forward real hard uh, with both hands like out, like his arms cross against each other, and he's going in for like a thunder cross split attack or something like that. Yes, thunder split which attack, has, which has the incredible uh, uh, advantage tactically <laughs> of uh, being both a strike but also being in a blocking position at the same time. It's, it's the uh, ultimate blend of offense and defense. <laughs> <laughs> this slow jumping man is is an absolute uh, uh, strategic, you know, genius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except that the the single flaw in this attack is that what if the guy just headbutts you really hard, <laughs> uh, which is what Jojo does. And uh, uh, Dyer is so impressed because any normal man would try to dodge by moving backward. And that is when uh, they are truly in Dyer's trap. But no, Jojo is not a normal man because he, <laughs> he headbutts into danger. Like, if that's what it takes for you to know that Jojo's not a normal man, you have not been paying attention. Yeah. But after that headbutt, Dyer's just like, wait, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm normal. Uh, it, it's just fun to see, like, Speedwagon's values changing in real time. Every time he's just impressed by a man he is struck by as, like, being this incredible, selfless, honorable man, like, more and more of that becomes his identity as well. <laughs> just, like, striving to be that. I'm like, a bowing guy now. Oh, yeah. man, I love to bow. I, I, I live in an empire that the sun never sets on. We're kind of inventing Orientalism right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm into bowing. Bowing's the yeah. shit. 
and he's got two dogs on his lap that he has glued human heads onto. <laughs> and on his shoulder, he's got a bird that he's glued a cat head onto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Because we all know that, that uh, one of the, the great <laughs> uh, uh, descendants of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and, and its literary influence is Mars Attacks. <laughs> yep. Allow me to introduce to you Doobie! Speedwagon is just for judging people's characters. And usually I feel when he's judging somebody's character, it's just like, wow, that guy seems fucked up. I wouldn't hang out with him if I were me, which I am. I really love the way that, that Jojo, his, his determination, his, his refusal to stay down is how he overcomes. Yeah. That is no longer true. Mm-hmm. Ever since he, he accepts the, the, the gift of uh, Hamon in, in the previous episode, he, he's untouchable. He, he's basically messianic. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He's got a glowing fucking aura. He can't be hurt. He can't be touched. He, yeah. He is, he is Super Saiyan now, essentially. Like, he, <laughs> like it's only when he first gets the, the Hamon from uh, Zeppeli that his aura is like visible to everybody. They don't keep doing that. But it, that's basically just going Super Saiyan at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sad that his hair doesn't get even bigger, though, because then he would have like... <laughs> Everything ex- else did. Yeah, he would have extreme <laughs> like 80s metal hair if he did. Now, instead, he's just got like a normal ass mullet. He, he should have got a, a Blueford's wig instead of his sword. Oh, yeah. That's the secret. It's a wig. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's an okay plan, I guess. It's a good plan. Yeah. It's uh it's such a good plan that uh Jojo cuts uh uh Dio in half from the top of his head straight down to his belly button. Yeah, I love this part. Which uh, I would normally call a killing blow, except we just saw a decapitated head participate in a fight, <laughs> and that guy wasn't even a vampire. He was just a dude that breathes good. <laughs> yeah. Like with the laser eyes and stuff. I'm thinking Dio is still discovering new vampire powers because he hasn't had mm-hmm, it for super mm-hmm. long, maybe. And it, it's either straight so or, or Tan Petty that. Oh, oh, good morning, baby. A dog. Watch out, Mookie. <laughs> you better watch out. Dio's gonna get you. Oh no. Dio's gonna get you, baby. Oh, better no. shush. Gonna become a human dog. <laughs> <laughs> when you were uh, editing the first episode, that there's a part early on where I said, like, man, going back to part one, it feels so tame now uh, compared <laughs> to later JoJo. But God, when I reflect on it now, it's like, man, even at the start, people are having galaxy brained ideas of like, <laughs> I need to live. Time to cut my head off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't die here. Please decapitate me. I love the character of Ario Speedwagon. Mm-hmm. But every time he does something, I'm like, I don't know if that's really his thing to do. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Does he break it because he has Zeppeli's hat and so he's finishing Zeppeli's uh, uh, quest? Why not the guy who inherited Zeppeli's life force? Mm-hmm. May- All I can imagine is that Speedwagon did that while JoJo was still recovering or passed out and he just really wanted to do it so he could say he did something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because she and JoJo ha- have uh, become wed Yay. They are married. I'm, I'm sure uh, his vows to her were something like, this isn't about you. I only <laughs> married you because a gentleman must take a wife. Don't, don't get any ideas about this. Oh, man. Uh, so the trunk has an anti-tampering device that sends a jewel through an attacker's <laughs> skull. Yeah, there's just like a crazy spring-loaded jewel, like ruby or something. <laughs> Insane. And like, it, like, this doesn't this just... is how you kill the lockpicking lawyer, okay? Oh, my God, you're right. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I love that, that, that like, spring-loaded gem. 
Like, it doesn't just, like, hit him on the head hard enough that he gets knocked out or, you know, even just, like, sends a small hole into his head and he dies. This obliterates this dude's head. His whole fucking <laughs> skull just pops. There is nothing left. And the way Dio talks about Jojo now, like, like Jojo has finally earned Dio's respect because he was yes. th- so thoroughly owned by him. We've talked about Speedwagon's dedication to mm-hmm. Jojo uh, in, in this episode. Dio is enamored with him uh, and his rock and bod, uh, <laughs> but but also this incredible respect for his abilities. And the, the whole rest of this encounter is all talk about their, their intertwined destinies. And like, mm-hmm. everybody has better chemistry with Jojo than Arena. <laughs> Yes. Because she has no time, no spotlight to make a case for herself, except mm-hmm. like, man, when birds are romantic, that's really cool. And, <laughs> yeah. And he, sh- and he shows zero interest her- in her whatsoever, except for like this, this gentlemanly responsibility to take a lady wife. Yeah. It's part of that, I guess, is just a symptom of like part one going so fast. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, if there is ever a time where it's like, hey, we're remaking parts of jojo or something like that i would love to see part one actually like be extended just so that there's like maybe some time for arena to be a character somehow yeah, and like the the mud puddle thing like okay arena's got spunk does she ever show it again no, no. yeah because it's like that like, mud puddle thing arena discovers dio's weakness who cares nobody was paying attention i know like if that could somehow play into like the defeat of dio like you know because she was the first one to suss out like what pisses him off and like puts him off guard and stuff like that would be mm-hmm. cool nah. no 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 nah. uh but she sees the baby this this orphan baby and uh goes to to seize it and raise it as her own and mm-hmm. i'm thinking aha this is how we get a generational story out of a hero who has clearly never fucked mm. <laughs> yeah uh jojo uses the last of his strength to just hug dio's head super mm-hmm. tight which is a really intimate moment for for a bit i'm starting to wonder if jojo forgot which person in this room he married <laughs> yeah but like they're they're talking about their interwoven lives mm-hmm. and like he, he's basically cradling the head very gently i mean it's the softest that his face has ever been drawn even yes like yep. there's no smooch him smooch him why aren't you smooching even even from the start of jojo it gets more in later parts as like the style of it changes and stuff but even from the start damn there's a decent amount of like stuff where it's like yo these you tell me these guys these two dudes don't love each other these guys aren't gay <laughs> like especially later parts of jojo it totally like the way it's drawn and stuff and the way the the like male character designs are it's one of the first times i've gone like damn are, is, are they actually drawing these dudes just to be super hot <laughs> Is this the first shonen like manga I've ever seen where the dudes are supposed to be hot on purpose for like <laughs> an audience that d- generally doesn't read this stuff? Like, uh, yeah, it's uh. it's like a super intimate hug he gives Dio's mm-hmm. head. One moment I loved from the last episode that I sort of realized carries over to the rest of the show is uh, when Jojo manages to block the uh, the gears of the boat they're on. Dio recites in perfect confidence and accuracy exactly how a boat's engine works he's like, <laughs> he's like oh god that's the drive shaft that pumps oil into this component and then it does that to the furnace and it's like Dio, how, when did you learn all everything about boat engines but that's, that's like, when he was at law school there, there's a <laughs> yeah maritime law includes engine uh engineering specializes in boating accidents <laughs> 
imagine imagine a world where there was no stone mask and uh, uh, Dio grows up to be an ambulance chaser, but specifically ocean ambulances. <laughs> he just like hovers around uh, around the coastline of England, and whenever someone's boat sinks, be like, "I'm that's definitely you were sold a faulty fuel pump. I can sue the shit out of your boat salesman." Yeah, he's trying to find people marooned in the South Pacific. Like, okay, first you're going to need a sandwich. Second, you need representation. All right, my name is Dio Brando. I'm imagining he would still carry the same flair that he would have had as a vampire into this work. You thought it was the Coast Guard, but it was I, Dio. <laughs> Did your boat explode off of the off the Ireland coast? You may be able to sue for damages. Contact me, Dio, a living god. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a later part, like a, a, a theoretical later part in JoJo, where uh, the equivalent happens in contemporary times, and it's just JoJo, like, sticking a banana in somebody's car's tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> that is an extremely uh, Joseph Joestar move. Somebody uses Hamon to manipulate the uh, Bitcoin blockchain <laughs> uh, in order to make someone's head explode. <laughs> Hell yeah. Little do you know, Dio, I jailbroke my iPhone three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> this gives me a strategic edge. <laughs> oh man, I want to see that as a real fight now. I've been whipping up a Reddit uh, Reddit forum into a fever about this for six months, and now they've arrived. Dio, I have turned you into Twitter's main character of the day. <laughs> Dio, just, just just let Danny eat the beans, Dio. <laughs> Aha, it was my plan all along to get ratioed. <laughs> By letting you ratio me, now I've become a figure in a counterculture subreddit that you didn't even know about. <laughs> so the Sonic the Hedgehog stands will be all over you for this. You're finished, Jojo. <laughs> I buckled up for a three hour, like three hours of just these two dudes punching each other. But then it was just like, no, superpower Jonathan just beats the crap out of him for like three minutes and then it's over and i was like oh that was kind of really refreshing i was dialed in for like a sephiroth boss fight and it was basically just a wendy's parking lot beatdown. that was awesome <laughs> they, they gotta take care of these swords at the wendy's parking lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's getting out of hand where are all these lit torches doing here <laughs> listen i'm in philly it gets wild in parking lots out here <laughs> I, I really want to have seen the scene where Jack the Ripper had to put all the knives in his body. Like, just just load, just like, just load knives in there. Just be like, I really hope this becomes relevant in the fight. Like, <laughs> Jack the Ripper is an artist, okay? <laughs> knives are his brushes, and the horse is his canvas. Also, I believe when he flexes, the knives come out blade first. So did he stab himself with the handle? <laughs> yes. Or he just, did did he he inserted them from behind? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm wondering if they had like a some type of setup, like uh, where the knives were attached to the wall or a board on the floor or something. He just like fell down on them <laughs> to like quick load them because otherwise you got to do that one by one and that takes forever. <laughs> like I like the image of him putting them in handle first and then just like tapping them in with a wooden mallet, <laughs> just like individually and and just being like. Ah, uh, guess I should do one more in the pelvis. I I have 12 in my arms, but I don't want to I don't have done all of this and be one knife short. I'm going to feel like a complete idiot. Now, see if you're inserting uh knives into your body to be expelled later, which we all have done. <laughs> but if you're doing it handle first, you're going to want to take a power drill and put in some pilot holes <laughs> to uh, 
when I when I moved to the big city, uh, my my parents wanted me to get like pepper spray or something. And I was like, I'm just going to embed a knife in my torso <laughs> and I'm going to be good. Like those this is this is home security 101. I mean, it, you, you just put a steak knife in your rib cage and then you flex really hard and uh, they won't see what the mugger won't what know what happened. Now, the, the the whole knives and body thing, was that something Jack Ripper always wanted to do? <laughs> And he could only finally enact it uh, after becoming a zombie? Or was it just like, Eureka! <laughs> Knives in my body! All, all those women in Whitechapel, he was just trying to teach them proper self-defense techniques. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they never, never completed learned. the first lesson. It, it's such a tragedy. <laughs> he, was, he was a tragic good Samaritan. <laughs> Imagine Jack the Ripper transported to today. Uh, he's hiding inside someone's engine block, and the carburetor is on the head of the Uber driver. <laughs> now, again, was hiding the horse like quick thinking or a part of his plan? Does he know he can burrow inside a horse's neck? I mean, everyone can burrow inside a horse's neck. It takes a true expert to keep the horse standing the whole time. He had to have explained all of this to Dio and uh, it was like, well, I'm going to hide in a horse and then I'm going to embed <laughs> a bunch of knives in my torso. And Perfect. Dio was like, I may have miscalculated with the guy I chose. This may not have been the best dude to use. Yeah, they, he read the Iliad and he was like, so, th so they hit a bunch of guys in the horse and, and he just skimmed over the word wooden. <laughs> How did they fit more than one guy in the horse? I guess people were smaller back then. <laughs> <laughs> they really clown card into that horse, I guess. <laughs> that horse must have looked like absolute crap by the time they put it through the gates. <laughs> I present to you this engorged bulbous horse <laughs> as, a, as a sign of peace. <laughs> it's just like the scene where uh, the, the dock workers are carrying uh, Dio's casket where there's like, did you hear that? There's something in this horse. <laughs> Look, the, the weird Greek dude uh, gave, gave me enough cash to not ask questions. <laughs> uh, they were like, yeah, pretty, pretty bad gift, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for this agonizing horse. I'm not going to look this gift horse in the mouth be because it scares me. <laughs> also, it has no mouth anymore. Where did the mouth go? <laughs> don't look a gift horse in the mouth or in the eyes because they're full of pain. Uh, or anywhere, really. Just yeah. don't look at it. Just don't look at the gift horse. <laughs> don't. Put don't it in the corner and put it in the town square and we all avert our eyes. Don't look, look at gift horse in the mouth or you will never sleep ever again. <laughs> a, a great thing about George Joestar is that in his dying moments while his son is cradling him, he's like, so don't be mad at Dio. He's... <laughs> It's not his fault. I know he just murdered me. He's been trying to murder me for a very long time. And he just killed like 12 cops. But with my dying... Which is pretty rad if you think about it, son. <laughs> like, like, you've never murdered 12 cops. Why can't you be more like Dio? <laughs> and I, Jonathan just be like, is that? do you have anything about loving me or how you're proud? No, just Dio? Just how I shouldn't be mad at Dio? All right, you're gone. I guess that was... A, a medium good parting words. I guess that's fine. <laughs> 
And there it is. Thanks again to Dan for joining us roughly one year ago. I do recommend people go seek out Breaking Mayberry for fun talks about the Andy Griffith show and the general boomer mindset. Uh, Dan actually inspired our occasional guest episodes, and I think the format has worked out really well for us. They're some of my very favorite parts of this show. Uh, so again, I encourage everyone listening to go out and tell people what they like about Dogs Must Die, and maybe a compilation like this is the perfect thing to share. Uh, as promised, next week, March 28th, we will return with the remaining episodes of the Thus Spoke Rohan Kashibe OVAs, uh, episode 16, At a Confessional, and episode 9, The Run, to be continued. 